There's a word from the Lord. Thank you uh, for indulging us a little bit this morning as we continue this series. This is a somewhat unique series because the series is entitled Just One Word. And each message of this series has been just that, one word. In the process of putting this together, the Lord says we must learn how to declutter. We must learn how to move from clutter to clarity. Well, the Lord said to me, uh, and we're so happy to see Minister uh, Hamilton here, Jacobs. We thank God for this young man. God bless you. We're praying for you at the school board. Amen. I want you to know that. Here's what God said to me. God said that we have allowed too many voices to be in our ears. Can I? We, we've entertained too many words. <laughs> we've got speak, people speaking to us every day. And now with social media, everybody is an evangelist. Everybody's a bishop, okay? And then a whole lot of apostles. Uh, I mean, used to have 12 original apostles. Now we got 12,000 in Columbia alone. Okay. Okay, okay. But God says it's time to declutter and the time to hear from the Lord. So the Lord gave us words such as empowered, thankful, confident, blessed. Lord gave us words such as what we shared with you last week. Perseverance, the week before perseverance, and last week, purpose. And now he says, here's another word that we should add to this spiritual word cloud that I hope and pray will bless you. The text is found in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. The New Living Translation, Joshua chapter 24, the New Living Translation. Hear the reading of God's holy word. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, here it is, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods, small g-o-d-s, your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my house and my family, but as for me, <laughs> can't speak for you, but I can speak for my house. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from one word. The word is choices. Look at someone and say, choices. Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. Listen, as you take your seat, it is said that one of the greatest privileges we enjoy while living on this earth is the fact that we have been given the right, we've been given what I call the honor, the privilege to make our own choices. Amen. In the Garden of Eden, after God created Adam, and after from the birth, from the side of Adam, Eve was formed and created, God gave them choices. He could have taken away the tree that was so tempting. He could have said, I'll make the decision for you. 
but he did not. He says, I'm going to put you in an environment in which you're going to have to pass by something every day you need to resist. Somebody say choices. God said that I'm going to see how strong you are because you're going to have to live with something you cannot have. Someone say choices. It's a privilege. It is an honor. But at the same time, one of the greatest, please don't miss this, burdens that we as humans must live with is the consequences of those choices. Choices, consequences. A privilege to choose, a burden to carry when we have to live with the fallout, the consequences of our choices. For life has been described as simply a series of choices and consequences. Think about it. If you put life in a simple way, Deacon Parker, it can be described as a series of choices and the consequences those choices bring with it. Listen, it is important, and I want to highlight this, it is so important for us to take note of this, that we cannot have one without the other. You can't say, God, I want the choices, but I don't want to live with the consequences. It is a package deal. They come together. Choices, consequences. We must also understand this, that while our choices are personal, they are very personal. In fact, they must be made by us. Others may offer us advice. Other people may give you solicited or unsolicited advice. They may give you encouragement. Others may pat you on the back. Others may encourage you to go on. But ultimately, we must choose for ourselves. Can I speak to someone this morning? Listen, you can seek all the advice in the world, but you are going to have to make the choice yourself. Mothers and fathers and grandparents and uncles and uncles and others can pray for you all they want, but it's your choice. They can anoint you, lay hands on you, put oil all around you. But when it's all said and done, it is still your choice. Listen, for this is something else that I think we need to take note of. Although it is important to note that our choices are our choices, the consequences, if I don't say anything else that you remember, please remember this. The consequences of your choices are not personal. I'm going somewhere. Your choices are personal, but the consequences are not always just personal. For those choices you make will often impact a lot more people than just you. God gave me this message. I said, Lord, I need to convey this in a way. And God says, I need you to convey this. I I don't need them to jump around. I don't need them to fall out. I need them to hear this. That yes, it's your choice. But the fallout from your choices impact a lot more people than you. For listen, and when God dropped this in my spirit, we were putting this together. My son, who helps me choreograph the notes on Saturday night, called me last night and says, Dad, 
whose quote is this? And I said, God gave me this quote when he says that our choices may be all about us, but the consequences of our choices are not just about us. Other people are impacted by your choice. There is an interesting scripture that is found in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 29. You don't have to go there upstairs. I just want to share this with you. And the prophet Jeremiah is talking about an old proverb in which the people lived by and says, when Jesus comes prophetically, he's going to take the guilt away. But it goes like this. Your ancestors eat sour grapes, but your children frown with the taste. In other words, what you do impact more than just you. King James puts it like this. While your fathers eat sour grapes, your children's teeth are on edge. And so, yes, it may be just your choice. Yes, you may selfishly say, I've got to do this for me. But there are great a number of fallouts Consequences are great when it comes to selfish choices. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? I'm simply saying this, that God has given you the right to choose. But think about where those choices take you. Think about what has become of our lives as a result of those. And listen, once they're made, you can't roll back the consequences. Once you make a decision to do something, once you make a decision to bring somebody in your life, and let me particular those of you who have families, once you make a decision to expose your families to certain people or to certain things, you have to live, they have to live with the fallout. Once you make a decision not to put God as priority in your life, then you wonder what happens when they become 15 and 16 and become game bangers and you never brought them to church. And they have not memorized one Bible verse. Not that doing that will immune them because there are people who do all of that and still fall astray. But you wonder when you don't introduce folk to a better life and to God what happens when they grow up. What happens is that you are looking at the consequences of your choices. It's life. It is what we have to deal with. And so they are so important when we decide, Lord, I want to do something. Lord, I need to do this. It cannot just be about us. It has to be about, as we said on last week, God's purpose, God's plans for our life, and how others are impacted. Listen, maniacal, uh, selfish people uh, always think of themselves. Sociopaths always is all about them. We saw this in one of our previous leaders uh, who occupied a prominent house in D.C. And because he couldn't deal with the fact he lost, he wanted to tear the whole country up. Why? Because we know people in our lives that will never take responsibility for their own mistakes or problems that they created. Somebody help me say choices. So what is God saying to us today? God is saying to us today that we are faced in this society with things we must decide. But when we do, we must recognize that the fallout is not just about us. May I go to the text. In this sacred text that's found in the book of Joshua. This is a wonderful passage of scripture because it deals with transition. It deals with the passing of the mantle from one leader to another 
and now to a new generation. Let me set the text up for you. Moses had been the leader of the children of Israel for 40 years. Moses went back to Egypt uh, under God's guidance and confronted Pharaoh's and demanded that God's people be set free. And God did. Uh, Moses right there by his side was Joshua and Caleb, two strong leaders who believed in the plan of God, not just for their lives, but for their generation. Perhaps you remember the story of Joshua and Caleb in the book of Numbers chapter 13 uh, when the spies were sent out to spy on the land, 12 of them and 10 of them came back and said to Moses, the land is as God says it is. There are fruit in this land that are larger than anything we've ever seen. It flows with milk and honey. In fact, here are the fruit from the land. But we saw giants in the land. And because we don't feel that we can defeat the giants, we don't think we should go forward. For we are like grasshoppers in the sight of those giants. But thank God for a dissenting opinion. Thank God for a minority opinion. Thank God for Joshua and Caleb who says, we saw what you saw. We saw the same giants, but we are well able to overcome them. Unfortunately, they did not listen to Joshua and Caleb, and they listened to the majority who were fearful. And as a result, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. But now we come to the end of that journey. We approach the end of the 40 years. Moses is dead and gone. Joshua is now an old man. Historians tell us that Joshua was about 110 years old when this text was recorded. And now Joshua offers his farewell address to the children of Israel. An old man, he gathers this, please don't miss this, this new generation of Israelites, those who never experienced Egypt. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. Those who had never experienced bondage. Those who had been free all of their lives. Those who had no idea what it meant to have an oppressor on their backs. A new generation who was born outside of Egypt who did not know Pharaoh's or his oppressive ways. And so that perhaps they thought life would always be like this. Perhaps they thought this is the norm. But Joshua gathers them together. Joshua begins uh, to share with them and to remind them of even what Moses had said. Allow me for a minute to go back in Deuteronomy. If you can find this for me upstairs, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 and then verse 19. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation because what Joshua was reminding them of is what Moses reminded them of even before Joshua. Listen to what Moses says to these same wilderness babies, those who knew no struggles, those who think life is always like this. You've got some young people, Dick and Edmonds, who think, you know what, it's always like this. They don't know the struggles of segregation. They don't know the struggles our ancestors went through. They don't know the hardships and the heartaches people had to endure just to give them the right to run their mouths. Moses earlier says this. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, Moses says, Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life 
and death, between prosperity and disaster. Then he drops down in verse 19. Can I share this with you? Moses says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. In other words, Moses said, I've set it up. You remember Deuteronomy 28 when he talked about all these blessings. 29, he talks about all the curses. And then he comes back in chapter 30 and say, I've set it up. I showed you what blessings look like. I told you what the curses would be like. Now, I'm not going to choose for you. You're going to have to choose blessings or curses, life or death. When you make a crazy, stupid, ill-advised decision, don't get mad at the church and everybody else. It's your choice, your mess. May I preach? Here's what really irks me. When people get in trouble, Dr. Cheryl and others, and they get mad and they go, well, ain't nobody there to help me. Church ain't there to help me. Well, where were you when you had to make the choice? When you thought you were grown and all by yourself and you had more sense than anybody else and wouldn't listen to anybody, not mama, not grandmama, not anybody, and you wanted to make your own decision, now you are calling somebody and say, can you bail me out? Life, death, Ooh. prosperity, or disaster. The choice is yours. Those were Moses' words in Deuteronomy 30. Now fast forward to Joshua 24. Moses is dead. Joshua is old. <laughs> Joshua gathers these young people and says, before I challenge you, I need to remind you of what the Lord has done for you. Somebody ought to remember how good God has been to you. Anybody know he's a heart fixer and a mind regulator? Anybody know that I serve a good God? And God has been mighty, mighty, mighty good to me. Oh, y'all don't push me too much. I, I, I'm trying to get there. Thank you, Brother Zion. But look at verse 13. Ah, here's what Joshua reminds them in verse 13. Can I preach to you? Joshua said, I want to gather all of you here, all of you who think because you ended up on third base that you hit a triple and say, no, it was God pulling you through. Any, I, I just wish I had a witness. Every degree behind your name is not because you've been that brilliant. Every job you've ever enjoyed, not because you were that good. But some of us know that if it had not been for the Lord, that any witnesses, somebody just jump up and say he was pulling me through. Woo! God pulled me. God, God kept pulling me. Woo! Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Woo! I thank you. Made a way out of nowhere. Woo. Listen. Joshua says in verse 13, uh, God tells Joshua, Joshua, you're speaking for me. I need you to remind them of what I've done for them. In other words, God says, 
I gave you land you had not worked on. I gave you towns you did not build. Towns that you are living in right now. I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food that you did not plant. The old church put it this way. He put food on my table. He put clothes on my back. He woke me up with a peace of mind. Anybody know that if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, somebody owed God a 22nd praise. Someone owed God your best praise. Somebody ought to give God your best praise. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, listen. Listen. Benedict Gospel Choir, we've gotten fancy in 2021. We sang fancy songs and it's all right. But as a Jennifer, I like the old song the old folk used to say. They didn't mix words. They say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, you've been good to me. And they kept singing it over and over again. And I would be young and say, can't y'all say something else? Then the old lady jump up, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Lord. You've been good to me. And every now and then, when I got older, I understood what they meant. Because I had some years behind me that God had done things for me that only God could do. And I found myself saying, thank you. Thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I. Lord, I. Lord, I thank you. Somebody ought to give God your best praise. Somebody, someone ought to. Y'all help me say thank you. Somebody help me say thank you. Come on, you say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been a lawyer in the courtroom. Woo! Ah. ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adores him. What a mighty... Anyone know that God gave you a house you didn't deserve? Gave you a job you should not have? Uh, driving stuff you never thought you would drive in. Look at how sharp you are. If God had not been by your side, where would you be? You owe God one good thank you. Somebody owe God one good Lord I. Y'all sit down. Verse 13 again. Land, towns, vineyards, olive groves. <laughs> Woo. God did all that for me. Woo. Mm. I'm trying to move on, y'all. But every night I go home and put my key in the door. I say, Lord, I thank you. Didn't have to do it, but you did. I refuse to take anything for granted when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me when I think of his goodness and how he sets me free. I gotta thank him. I gotta thank him. I got I've got to thank him. Woo! Listen. Here's the text. Here's the text. I gotta go. I, I'm sorry, I thought this was pre-COVID. <laughs> I, I'm preaching like we preached before COVID. But somebody say, I got my praise back now, Pastor. 
How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord and you feel like since you're here, you ought to give God your best praise? You. Here's the, here's the text. Here's the text and I'm done. Whew. So Joshua in verses 14 and 15 says, So fear the Lord, serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. <laughs> but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose and choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites whose land you now live in? But as for me and my family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Three quick insights and we're done. Insight number one out of this passage. Joshua tells them, do not make the mistakes that your ancestors made. Can I speak to this generation? Don't make the mistakes that so many from my generation made when we fell in love with our jobs, when we fell in love with our titles, when we dropped everything to pursue things that made us look good. Can I keep it real? How many from my generation put God on the back burner as they pursue their own careers. Another letter behind your name don't make you any more significant to God. Here's what Joshua tells them. Put away forever the idols, the thing that your ancestors idolized. You know the problem with their ancestors? Because they were in bondage, they had nothing. When they were free, the old folks say, you're so free to your fool. They pursued all kinds of stuff. But here's the problem, here's the problem. And I really gotta go. They pursued the stuff that other folk had, the other folk that God had already defeated to give you more than what they ever had. Isn't that just like what we've experienced today? So many people have lost their way trying to keep up with the Joneses. We've become so obsessed with interpersonal validation that we forgot about God. And so Joshua's words to this new generation is don't make the mistakes your ancestors made. Listen, you often hear me talk about the old church and about previous generations, but they were not perfect. And there are people in my generation and even generations before me, Mother Jackson would tell you, that made some really bad mistakes. It's not about the size of your building, the size of your congregation. It's not about how popular or how big you are, but it's all about God. Here's the second key takeaway. Make it personal. Make a personal choice concerning your relationship with God. You can't live off your grandmama's faith any longer. Can I say that again? I'm sick of young people telling me I'm glad I got a praying grandmama. You know what I'm going to tell them? Why can't you be a praying person? And pray for yourself. Because grandmothers won't always be here. Mothers and fathers will not always be here. We must make a 
personal choice concerning our relationship with God. And here's the last part of this second takeaway. And do it, somebody help me say now. Come on, somebody help me say now. Joshua said, choose when? Today. Whom you will serve. You've put it off too long. <laughs> You've put it off too long. I no longer want to entertain young people telling me one day I hope to get it together. I'm going to tell them that that one day may not ever come. But just on last Sunday, Pastor Mack and ministerial staff went to Mars College to preside over a funeral of a young lady who was a fantastic young lady who horribly died in a car accident, leaving behind a three-year-old. She never knew that that day would be her last day. And I'm speaking to someone right now to tell you, that's why Joshua said, if you're going to choose, choose today. Choose right now. And here's the third and the final insight as you rest upon your feet. Here's the third and the final insight. And I love this. <laughs> Joshua publicly declares his choice. <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There ought to be people who work around you who know that you're a believer. People within your circle ought to know that you're different. Uh, they shouldn't be surprised when they find out that you love the Lord and you serve him. Doesn't mean that you have to wear it on your sleeve. It doesn't mean you have to stand on a soapbox and preach every day. But you ought to live your life publicly so they'll know something good is going on privately. You don't laugh at the same jokes they laugh at. You don't go to the same places that they go to. Amen. Joshua publicly declared, as for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Somebody say choices. Clap those hands and say choices. Listen. Before the worship and arts team come, there's one last scripture reference I want to leave you. And I really want you to pay attention to this. A friend of mine who is a CEO of a local hospital called me three weeks ago. Todd Osserberger, who's the CEO of Lexington. He's been here on panels, great personal friend. And he says, Darrell, I need your help. I'm going to talk to a group of young adults about COVID and what's going on. And I don't want to be judgmental, nor do I want to be preachy. But is there a scripture you can give me concerning making the right decision? Knowing that everyone has to choose for themselves. I prayed, called my brother Mac. We prayed, my wife, we prayed. And God gave us this passage in Proverbs. Proverbs 2 and 11, the New Living Translation. Take your phones out, everybody. Take a picture of this. Because you're going to have some discussions with people that God says you don't need to get in any argument about it. I don't know what those discussions are about. It may be about being vaccinated. It may be about a lifestyle that you live. And here's what God gave me. And I leave these words with you. Wise choices will watch over you. Ooh. Look at the last part of this verse. Understanding, not internet gossip, 
not people with no expertise. Not I saw this online, so it must be true. Understanding will keep you safe. Your choice matters. What you choose to do matters. Who you choose to bring in your life ooh, ha, ha, matters. What you choose to prioritize, please don't miss this, ooh, matters. <laughs> what you choose to move out of the way so that God can have his way, it really matters. What you choose, listen to this, to make room for matters. The altar is now open. I invite you to come. But listen to the words of Jonathan McReynolds in this song that has blessed me so many times. It's called Make Room. Ooh. And I want you to hear the lyrics. I hope they can put it on the board as they sing it because it is so important that you, the audience, see the lyrics. I find space for what I treasure. I make time for what I want. Ooh, who am I talking to? I choose my priorities. And Jesus, you are my number one. So I will <laughs> make room for you. I will prepare for two. So you don't feel that you can't live here. Please live, Lord. You're talking to God. Now please live in me. Live in me then the chorus goes on and says my will you can move that over <laughs> my way you can move that over my ego lord <laughs> you can move that over my plans my schedule my itinerary my habits my attitudes you can move that over. My question to all of us today is, is God a priority in our life? Uh, will we choose to put God above everyone and everything else? I want to tell you something, by the way, Church of Atlas Road, I love being your pastor. It's an honor for the past 25 years to have served this congregation, but you're not my priority. <laughs> My priority is God. <laughs> and if it ever comes to the point where God said, move Atlas Road over so that I can be a greater priority, then I hope God gives me the courage to say it's time to go. Okay. All of us have to make decisions. All of us have to make choices. Brianna Milton chosen generation been in a college gospel choir shall come right now with these awesome words come on as we worship together yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I find space for what I treasure I make time for what I want I choose my priorities and Jesus, you're my number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Jesus, you're my number one. Y'all hear these words? Put them, if y'all can find them, please put them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will make room for you.
you make room for him. I will, I will. yeah, yeah. Prepare Ooh, uh, to every young person under the sound of my voice, make room for him. Yeah. Sundays or worship perhaps some of you don't have the choice and I understand that but I'm talking about those who choose to put other things above God For those of you that are raising your families please listen to me don't make the mistake that some of us made including myself where we put other things above our family Woo. <laughs> And if I had to do it all over again, whew, I told my wife, I found myself a couple years ago apologizing to my adult sons. Tears in my face. I apologized for every conference I went to and wasn't there for them. I apologized for every politician I thought I had to kiss up to wasn't there for them. Woo. And I'm telling you now, if you're young, 
you've got a family, move the other stuff over. <laughs> and put what is priority where it should be. And here's what I told God. For the rest of my life, I don't know how many more years I have to live, but this I do know. For the rest of my life, every decision I make, it will be made with God as a priority. Come on and tell them again, Bree. Come on, young people. Say, move, move it, move it. Move it over. Day. Choose right now. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. We cannot control what is behind us. We can what is in front of us. See, I can't, I can't deal with the fact that there were times when my sons were growing up that I chose to put other things ahead of them. It breaks my heart. I so regret that. I can't do anything about that. But what I can do now is tell the Lord from this point on, nothing takes the place of you. Nothing takes the place of the time that I need to spend with my family nothing takes the place and that's why I don't miss things I don't miss church to go to stuff I don't miss worship to go places because I don't know how many days I have left and from this point on he is my priority what about you Woo. close those eyes if you will Make that decision. Make that choice. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Choices. Ooh. Choices. Thank you for giving us the privilege of making personal choices. Lord, I declare as Joshua did publicly, I choose you. Ooh. Lord, I choose you above my career. I'll choose you be above my finances. I choose you above my social network, above my friends. I choose you above everything else. Someone else is making that decision right now. It doesn't mean that we will be perfect. It just means that we pledge to be faithful. Thank you, Lord, for this message. Thank you for the challenge that you've given all of us. And I pray, Lord, that someone is making that decision right now. In your son Jesus the Christ's name, we pray and give thanks. And everybody said amen. Amen. Come on and worship with us. The ministers are at the back if you want to make that decision. Elders and ministers are at the back right now. Contact numbers on the screen right now. Uh, God bless you. Oh, come on, give God a praise for the word of God. What an awesome, awesome word from God. Choices. Thank you. Amen. You may be seated for just a minute. We want to share with you a real quick 
video concerning our Church 58 anniversary and our pastor and First Lady 25th anniversary, and then we'll pronounce our benediction. And we want to let Benedict know that we have dinners for you in our wellness center that is the building maybe about a couple of hundred feet from here. And we want to feed them and come back for that four o'clock concert. Amen. Come back for that four o'clock concert where they're honoring our pastor and our first lady. Media. Hello, everyone. As you know it, next month we'll be celebrating 58 years of ministry. Wow. And we'll also be celebrating 25 years of ministry with our Pastor Daryl Jackson and Associate Pastor Willie Mae Jackson. Here are just a few ways we'll be celebrating throughout the month. Attention, Bible Way family. Join us for Fall Fellowship and Fun for our Hallelujah Harvest Fest. That's Sunday, October 31st at 1 p.m. Join us for a special Take Me Back Tuesday night service as we kick off our anniversary celebration. Tuesday, November 9th, we'll be looking back at one of our powerful worship services. That's 7 p.m. on Facebook at BWCAR1 and on our website, that's BWCAR.org. Join us for a family-friendly movie night. That's Friday, November 12th. We'll be hosting a drive-in style movie as we celebrate 58 years of ministry. Food trucks will be available beginning at 6 p.m. with the movie beginning at 7 p.m. on the Bible Way Church campus. We look forward to seeing you. Join us for our 25th pastor's anniversary and our 58th church anniversary reception that's Sunday, November 14th, following our 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. worship services. Masks are mandatory. For more information about events and services throughout the month, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org. So much as you stand for our benediction, we just want to share that announcement with you as we prepare for our upcoming 58th church anniversary and our pastor and Pastor Willie May 25th anniversary. We also want you to bring cards for them on the second Sunday in November just to show them how much we appreciate them. Just bring them a card and we have suggestions on the gift cards that you can place in the cards for them. We have suggestions and we'll be sending that out to you. To our new members, thank you so much once again for joining our ministry. During the time of our pandemic, amen, many of them joined. And to the class of 1981, Benedict College, the greatest college in the universe, amen. I want you to know that I was a freshman when y'all were seniors. <laughs> so y'all got me by a couple of years. Pastor Jackson is going to come back, and he wants to take pictures with the class of 1981 along with Pastor Willie Mae Jackson. With uplifted hands, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, God. We thank you for the wonderful word that we've heard on today, Choices, God. We thank you because the word says, choose you this day whom you will serve as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord, God, and we've chosen to serve you, and we thank you for that. Now, God, we ask that you dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Bring us to our destination safely and sound. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's children said amen and amen. Thank you, and God bless you. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, don't hesitate to call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you or if you were moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.